this uh this was a big game we all knew this was a big game for the seattle kraken it's gonna go a long way in determining where they were at against another playoff team and you know a playoff team that they are struggling for position against right now and and trying to fight for that third seed in the pacific division and I don't know. It's, in some ways, things are clearer now than before this game, and in other ways, they aren't. And we'll we'll spend a decent amount of time talking about that here on Post Game Live today. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us after this one. I know it's kind of an awkward time uh, late uh, late afternoon on a Saturday. I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to, of course, thank our sponsor, Queen Anne Beer Hall. Um, yeah, that wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a great game. Uh, the score is closer than maybe. It felt like at times there was times though when you know we were like, hey, this Kraken team, they they never say die. They can come back. They can do this. And and there was definitely moments where it felt like that. I think when you look at it, like like I'm looking at it on Money Puck right now, and it's very split. Uh, there was definitely the first period. I felt like the Kraken outplayed the Oilers. It was just the Oilers were better at capitalizing on Kraken mistakes. I mean, there's there's elements of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I, I am curious to to head over into chat and see how everybody's feeling after this one because it's a loss. This might kind of firmly put us into wild card territory just based off of the points, but also like, you know, we've got an easy-ish schedule coming up here, but so do the Oilers. So can you catch them? I don't know. This was a big swing game for that. Uh, but I'm I'm wondering how people feel about this one because there there were positives there there really were but there was also some negatives and I'm I myself am still on the fence a little bit uh, when it comes to this one I'll uh, I'll probably wait a little while to get into my own feelings I want to I want to jump into some comments here first uh, Coop with with a I was just gonna kind of like read uh, through all of Coop's comments here and then I'll do the same for Michael because we got lots of these uh, up here at the top of uh, chat. Coop, Jones and Grubauer should be arrested for stealing every dollar of their contracts. Just incredibly bad. Biggest game in team history and Grubauer leaks within the first two minutes. Sets the team up for failure from the start. So not, you know, not starting quietly <laughs> on this on this postgame live uh, with Coop here. It was, uh, it, it was a terrible start to the game. Uh, and that's, it, you know, yes, it's, it, I believe that was his first shot on goal um the first shot that he had to face philip grubauer yeah you don't want to let that one in you you don't uh that being said i thought grubauer rebounded and 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 played the way grubauer has been playing i get it we saw skinner let in a leaky one like they happen sometimes obviously vander kane was just feeling it today gets the hat trick and like all of his goals were just like who was going to stop some of those you know what i mean so i'm willing to cut grubauer a little bit of slack Obviously, you look at some of the later goals on Grubauer, and that's just defense. It's just it don't exist uh, for some of those. Um, and it's this is the problem with this Oilers team. It's just you give them any little bit at all, and they are they so know what they're doing. This was um, uh, Sasquatch put this up on uh, on Twitter. He was showing the natural stat trick uh, heat map for this game after the first two periods. I'm going to see if my if if I can play it off of my phone here. Look at that heat map for the Oilers after two periods of hockey. I've never seen a, a team play so clean and, and know exactly what it is they want to do. They clearly want to take, take shots from this point right here, and then the rest, it's just get get net front, get to the crease, low slot. Like, that's, that's what we're doing. And so, you know, I, I would rather more blame the Kraken for not playing to that than I would the the goaltending on this one. And then, you know, Martin Jones, he's been struggling lately, as we know, and then coming in midway through the game. I don't know. It's it's it is what it is, especially against this team. Uh she'll see with the super chat here though. Appreciate it. Well the good news is that the alternating good month, bad month streak seems to be over. Hopefully Hayden is okay and Berkey is back soon. I mean, yes, we, we've got to hope uh, Hayden is is okay because he was so good in this game. I am so ready to talk about John Hayden and how, how well he was playing. But also Philip Grubauer dealing with an illness situation. Want to, you know, wish him luck in dealing with that. And then, yeah, you know, Andre Burakovsky, we've, been, we've all been waiting on. We all want him back for sure. Um, but John Hayden. 
I mean, that first shift, he draws the penalty, helps steal momentum back, gets him on the power play, the fight. I mean, there's just everything he does, grinding things out in the in the offensive zone. And that fourth line as a whole, I apologize to all you Daniel Sprong fans, but I'm telling you, that fourth line that we saw today, Geeky, Hayden, and um, Donato, that needs to be the fourth line moving forward because the Oilers had no answer for them. They're drawing penalties. They were creating some dangerous chances on their own. They were playing so, so, so well. They were frustrating the Oilers. I mean, that is everything that you want your fourth line doing, especially come playoff time. So I'm a huge fan of that fourth line. I want to see that kept together if possible. And and certainly a big part of that is John Hayden. So hopefully um, that lower body injury is not anything too significant. Uh, another super chat here from Light. Thank you very much. Rough loss, but should we can still skate with playoff caliber teams which arguably is a big deal for us going down the stretch. So this is one of the things that I, I have as a takeaway as well, Light, is we actually hung in there against the Oilers. Were we, were we better than them? At times we were. Uh, if you cut down on the mistakes you're making in your defensive zone, it's possible to crack and win this game. And that's a big deal considering how the Oilers have sold out really for this year. Uh, both at the trade deadline and this past offseason, all the moves that they've been making versus the uh, a Kraken team that it, that stood pat at the deadline. They're just like, look, we're, we're just going to progressively get better. We're going to stick to this longer timetable. Anything that happens this year is really kind of gravy to that. Um, the fact that the that the Kraken are kind of right there with a team like the Oilers who have had to go out and make a ton of moves to try to get better and try to try to potentially win a Stanley Cup. That's a big, big deal. That that inspires a ton of confidence for me uh, in, in what the Kraken are doing and, and where they're at as far as who their core is and, and what they're trying to do. Where I think you can start looking at other things is, and, and still keeping an optimistic lens on this, is you could look at what went wrong in this game, right? And you say, that's what we need to work on and improve in the offseason. For, for the year three where we're supposed to then now be a, this competitive team and go for it. Uh, and so I, I think you, lo you look at this game, uh, you know, we talked about goaltending. There's not a ton that you can do in the goaltending, you know, sphere, just given who you have, the contracts everybody's under, all that stuff. We've talked about that a lot. It's going to be Grubauer and it'll probably be Drieger as well, backing him up next year. To me, it's it's all about having more depth on the blue line. I think you can get by with the Larson-Dunn first pair. I mean, Vince Dunn, 12-game point streak. Congrats to him, right? He's going to get paid. Obviously, Kraken got to extend him, all that good stuff. Larson is good enough to keep around, especially because him and Dunn play so well together. I want to see that continue. But when you look at like that, that second pairing, that Alexiak-Borgan pairing, another really rough day for them. Really rough day for them. I mean, that second goal in this game, that uh, that that goal was just, you can't have that happen. Alexiak's already chasing somebody into the corner. Why is Borgen following him? Why are you leaving the net so exposed in the front, right? Like, that's, that's one of those things where I'm like, okay, second, third pairing defenseman, that's where you can use an upgrade. You, you just kind of need one there. I think you're, you're figuring out your depth. Your top six is good. That Matty Beneers line again, him, Everly McCann. I mean, they were in the Oilers zone the entire time they had, you know, they were out there. Same thing with the Yanni Gord line. The fourth line I already talked about, they played so well, right? So you've got three lines rolling. The Wenberg line is really more of a defensive line at this point anyway. Um, you know, especially with uh, Andre Burakovsky being out. So as I look at this game and I go, okay, we're not there yet, but really are we supposed to be given the way the Kraken behaved at the trade deadline and all of that stuff? Um, I don't I don't think that we're supposed to be there right now, certainly not against a team like this that is very desperately trying to win and justify everything they've been doing for several seasons now. Um, so I, I look at this and I go, OK, let's let's keep the, a positive outlook on it. What what can we improve on? What is this game telling us? And this game is telling me that defense needs to be better. you got to play better in your own zone. And and so that's where I want the Kraken to, to be focused on this offseason. And uh, yeah, that's that's really my biggest takeaway from this game. That is that is what I what I'm going with. All right. Because uh, I already promised I'd, I'd read off uh, Michael's stuff here. Uh, the Kraken are in deep trouble, losing records since the All-Star game. Now, defense has been much better this year, but that's not saying much. Still, at least on average, one goal a game from just completely losing a guy net front. I agree with you, Michael, there. Thousand percent. Like, like I was just talking about defense is, is where this team needs to improve. 
that is where the offseason focus needs to be. You've got the forwards. You need the depth defenseman. Also for Michael, so many soft goals today. The goaltending has to get better and quickly, or we're going to get really close to being out of a playoff spot. So looking at things today with a maybe more slightly pessimistic uh, tint to my glasses, I, I'm I'm with everybody. I, I don't know that I'm I'm worried about making the playoffs still. I still think you've got a good cushion on Nashville. Those two games against Nashville coming up here soon, that's going to decide a lot more of that than anything. You you you, you pick up three or four points out of those two games, you're you're probably you're fine. Um but what this game told me is there's no way we're catching Edmonton for the third seed. Like we are firmly in wild card territory. I would be shocked if we didn't end up as one of the wild cards, uh, both good and bad. Like whether it's because we ended up in the top three in the Pacific or out of the playoffs entirely, both would very much surprise me. But I think what this game taught us is we are a wild card team, and so we have to we have to start looking at um, you know Dallas, Vegas, which one's going to finish first in the in the West. That's going to dictate where we're going. Uh, and that's, you know, it's, it's not great. You always want to have more control over your own destiny, but the bottom line is this is where the Kraken find themselves right now and where we all find ourselves. That's the scoreboard watching. We're going to have to slowly start transitioning to, uh, rather than, Oh, where can we finish? It's going to be okay. Where are the other people going to finish and where, you know, are we, which, which bracket are we going to end up in? Unfortunately, that's my take on it anyway. Um, Let's see. Wild decision to leave the net empty halfway into the second from Declan. Uh, referencing, I assume, uh, when the goaltending change uh, had to happen there. Uh, obviously, we don't know what the situation is with Grubauer. Jones has certainly struggled this season. Uh, and coming in into this Oilers game halfway through with little to no warning, certainly not, not great. Uh, Gilberto, loads of frustration from the team, and you can see it, but you cannot deny that this team has no quit. Exactly. I mean, this team, they stay fired up. They stay in it. They stay pushing. They believe that they can do it till the very end, and it makes it it makes it just so much easier. We've talked about this before, everybody. I won't do my whole spiel again, but it just makes it so much easier to root for this team and, and feel that emotional connection to them. You know what I mean? Because they are trying so hard each and every night. The Bach, at least we know Gru is just sick and should be back soon for the Stars game and another game of Jones not inspiring confidence. Again, it's tough because I'm with you. Jones wasn't good at all. But again, how much of that is just because he, you know, he, he gets thrown in there? I don't, I don't know. Um, Ty, your hat's on our eyes. Big sad. Tell me about it. Oh, it is. It's never. It's never pleasant to see. Not to mention there was also some chance. I was. I was hoping to ask RJ about that when he joins us in a little bit here because I. I, I was trying to figure out through the broadcast if those were Oilers' chance because I think some of them might have been, which is really bad. I'm not blaming the Seattle fans. I know Oiler fans can travel well, and there's a big population of them in the greater Seattle area from pre-Kraken days. But still, I, it's it was rough. Uh, Rich cannot clear the zone. Our, our age-old uh, enemy comes back to strike us again, not being able to clear the defensive zone. Way too many times where, you know, you look at, at the extended highlights around some of these Oilers goals, and it is just the Kraken floundering defensively because they either missed an opportunity to clear or they just can't gain possession enough to clear or they're just trying to like do they just do a weak clear right to an oiler or to the, you know it's it's just it's so frustrating i don't i don't understand what is so difficult about this for, for them i really i really really don't oh man it's uh but it is again defense clearing the zone these are the things that need to be improved on in the off season um and and it, this is a very clear example of that. that. It's just the bottom line. Edward, all my homies hate matinee games. Definitely. All the Seattle Kraken homies hate matinee games. Everyone is so bad. I don't understand it. Uh, Declan Saint, the refs were something else today too. Yeah, normally I'm not like one, you all know this, to, to jump on the like, oh, the officiating was really bad today kind of thing. And I and I still probably don't think it's as bad as as maybe many of you do. But it wasn't great. Uh, I think these refs initially wanted to call this kind of 
kind of like, uh, you know, like what it was, which is this is a late season game between two teams fighting for playoff positioning, and we don't want to be the thing that decides it. So they started off trying to let things go, and then it was clear that things were just escalating, and they, they didn't have a good handle on it. So then they started maybe overcorrecting at times towards the end there, and it, and it just wasn't, it wasn't good, is the bottom line. It wasn't good. Uh, I, I am somebody who believes that, look, the refs, black and white calls, they call them when they see them. I don't get on them for calls they don't see. I really don't think refs ever swallow their whistle for things like that. But uh, yeah, it, this one, I think they were they were trying to go a little soft on it on the game. And then they things started changing and they they couldn't be that way anymore. And they they might have overcorrected a little and a little all at once too. It wasn't even like a subtle correction over the course of, you know, the second half of the game. It was just oh, third period. Ah, we're calling things again. Sorry. It's like, what? Uh, Superfly. Well, bad defensive lapses against a scoring team like that. And we just don't have anyone resembling a, an NHL goalie, a starting NHL goalie. I mean, Grubauer was playing so well, everybody. I get it. It was a really bad goal to let in at the beginning of the game. Uh, it had echoes of last season Grubauer. But he even rebounded in this one. He was playing well. I think if Grubauer stays in this game and you continue to get that that scoring from the Kraken, I think this result is so much closer. If not even, you know, maybe maybe you can force an overtime or something. Um, I, I just, I, I, I get it. It is so rough when you see that, especially to start a big game we were all pumped for. We were all in the game chat all this morning on Discord talking about how excited we all were for this game and then for, to allow a goal a minute and a half in uh, that just squeaks through your five hole. I get it. It is it is the absolute worst. But the Seattle Kraken, more than any other team in this league, know how to fight back from that. And we saw that. It's Jaden Schwartz scores not that long after. And they know how to get back in games. Uh, it, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, you have defensive pairings that that can just make massive mistakes the way that that the Borg and Alexiak pairing did for the second goal that that kind of steals some of that thunder back and momentum back. Right. I, I just I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to to throw everything on Grubauer or, or the goaltending. Uh, Michael can't clear the zone, irresponsible defenseman, bad goaltending. I know Gru has had his moments, but on average, he still hasn't been very good this year, though. If he's ill, that it's that would explain today. It would potentially explain today. It'll be interesting to, to, to maybe get more you know information on that situation. Probably not after the game today, maybe over the coming days. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the bottom line is neither of them are 900 save percentages. That's kind of something you would want at least one of your goaltenders to have. Like there's, I get it. There is definitely some stuff, but, uh, as a whole, I, I think the defense is a much bigger problem, not clearing the zone, big problem, bigger problem, leaving guys wide open net front, big problem, bigger problem. Uh, that's, that's where I'm more focused on. Uh, Dalek, real funny how the refs become blind against Canadian teams. I don't even know that's against Canadian teams. I just think it's just it's just different crews, different approaches to certain things. It's it's rough. Um, sad cracked noises from Lindsay. I know you were at the game, right, Lindsay? I know you went to the the museum thing. I I think so. I think you're at the game. That was a rough game. Beep boop. Uh, Edmonton looked asleep and scored six. I mean, this is the problem with Edmonton is that they are they have so many like all world players up front, but the rest of the team is really not that good. It's, you know, goaltending, not good, not not any better than what we have. You know what I mean? Uh, defense, very problematic, just like our defense. They couldn't clear the zone. They couldn't they couldn't stop the Kraken cycle game, even though they, it was clear they knew what the Kraken were doing. They couldn't do anything to stop it. Um, and, and even their depth. I mean, the fact that, you know, our fourth line can go out there and do what they did. The Yanni Gord line can do what they did. The Matty Beneers line can do what they did. Tells you just how top loaded this Oilers team is. The problem is they are top loaded with people that are so supremely talented and better than just about anybody else that it doesn't matter all the time and that they can win games. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch them come playoff time, see if McDavid can try to drag them to a conference finals appearance again. But based on what I saw today, not really. Uh, this team has some serious problems. Uh, missed the last two games. Loads of frustration from the team, and you can see it, but there's no denying that this team doesn't have any quit in them from Gilberto. Talked about that a little bit earlier, and it is, it is 100% true. Uh, Barbara, yeah. I yeah, <laughs> rough one for for all of you over there in uh 
in Europe uh, to, to be up for this one. Um, let's see, CJ, what is uh, with their problem winning at home? Do they need to reverse the jersey colors? I've been calling for this. Try a game at home wearing the whites. Just go for it. What's the worst thing that can happen? But I'm right there with you, CJ. It makes no sense, but it is where we're at, unfortunately. Aaron, Nashville games now must win. Um, I would say at least one of them, you have to split. I, I don't know that you need to win both. I think winning both kind of solidifies you as the playoff, as one of those two wildcard teams and, and kind of knocks Nashville out of it. Um, but, you know, and you could survive losing both, but I, it would be really scary if you lost both. So I'm going to say you got to win at least one of them. One of them is a must win because uh, I'm looking at it. I mean, Nashville's got two games in hand, but there's still seven points behind so even if they won both those two games in hand that's they're still back three points on us I've, you know what i mean like that's still a, a, an okay lead uh it's an okay it's an okay margin to be working with but when you think about those being four point swing games that's a big deal so yeah i'm i'm gonna say you need to at, at the very least split one one if you want to feel kind of any sort of good about the situation and not worry about it too much uh, Declan Bjorky and Dunn are the only two I feel are still playing at a hundred percent. Talked about this last time. It is this time of year, 69 games into a hockey season. You're beat up. There's no way around it. You're just beat up. Uh, everybody is, everybody's playing through something. Uh, it's the difference between playing hurt and injured. We talked about last time. Uh, I believe everybody is playing hurt to some degree. And then it's just how much, how close of that is that to playing injured? I, you know, We'll never know, or we might know at the end of the season. Uh, that's this the way it goes. Uh, goes Rebecca um, to look for a positive. PK looked good. PK looked really good in this one, especially against an you know a super dangerous Edmonton power play. I mean, that is how the Oilers make sure they win games is by outscoring their opponents uh, and having to do so on the power play. So for the the Kraken to hold them to one um, uh, one out of three, that's pretty good, especially because those first two were big time kills that first one early in the game oh my gosh that got all that momentum going back in the kraken's direction that pk was massive just shout out to all those guys on that one that was so so cool um but yeah i mean yes you get the one mcdavid goal it was a very soft goal on jones but it was also kind of super late in the game you wonder uh what was going on around that but yeah it's it's the the pk was really they, they're back they seem back Gregory, I'm sad. What a huge opportunity wasted. Shaking my head. I, I'm i with you. I've been shaking my head this whole po this whole post game. It feels like uh, it was. This was this was our chance to get back into that Pacific Division conversation as far as finishing top three, especially because you look, you know, our our schedule is pretty light. Oilers, they've got like three Arizona games, couple Anaheim, couple San Jose games left. Like that's their, their schedule is also very light. So without getting this swing going our direction, it's going to be, that's what I'm saying. We're a wild card team now. I just don't, I don't see a way around that. Uh, let's see. At least the dignity goal was scored by a player in a non-contract year in Tolvanen from Striatic. I was happy for Tolvanen because he played so well in this game. He deserved to be rewarded with the goal. He had so many close chances and things were going wrong for him. So I was really happy to be, uh, getting in, you know, for him to get a goal in this one and get back on the scoring sheet. Hopefully maybe that, that fires him up a little bit. Like we've seen Bjorkstrand get hot here as of late, Everly keeping it going. I mean, a lot of these guys have, have been keeping it going done up biggest one. Uh, so I, I would like to see the same for Tolvin and that would be really, really cool. Ty, to be honest, look like a second or third round playoff team versus a first rounder. I'm not upset, but when I'm looking at next year, we are clicking big time in the room. Just need a few more weapons and look out. I'm telling you, this is where we're at. I mean, it is, we're right where we're supposed to be is, is where it feels like, right? We're significantly better than last season. We're not really in our, our competitive window entirely yet. Certainly not our cup contention windows, definitely a playoff contention window um, with, with room to grow next year as you know, Maddie will have a full season under his belt. You can work in Shane Wright. Who's just, just making everybody look ridiculous at the OHL level right now. Um, you, you get, uh, you know, different people back healthy. You, you made so many smart moves this last off season. Just figure out the defense, figure out how to clear the zone, little stuff like that. Maybe, maybe bring in somebody new to be in charge of the power play, you know, you know, float something like that out there. Uh, but you make those moves and you can easily see how this team could, 
could take that next step and you you start winning games against teams like the Oilers today instead of losing them. And you're a lot closer against a team like Dallas, if not better than them. Um, the, the blueprint, the blueprint is there. The model is there. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, got to finish out this season. You want to finish it out as best as you can, obviously. Uh, but, you know, next year is really the year where it feels like the Kraken are going to really announce themselves and say, Hey, we've arrived. And I'm, I am so excited for it. Daniel eight, four and one to reach a hundred spending my birthday, selling girl scout cookies with my daughter missed the game. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly don't worry about it, Daniel, cause that's a very good reason to be missing the game. Uh, hope everybody's doing well there and happy birthday, by the way, eight, four and one to reach a hundred. It's still doable. Everybody that's still doable. It's, it's getting less and less seeming like automatic the way it, it used to feel. Uh, but it's, it is, we, we can totally do that. Um, let's see, uh, Dalek, I'm so tired of watching them struggle to get a greasy goal. It's almost like the mounting frustration of not getting any lately is making them more frenetic, uh, frantic and easy to deal with. I don't know. I mean, would we not describe the, the Jaden Schwartz goal kind of a greasy goal, right? As he gets the tip on the done point shot right? It's, it's him going there. Initially we think Dunn gets credit for the goal, but it's still the, it's the moving screen from Schwartz. He actually tips it. Like I would consider that a greasy goal. I think, I think the Kraken did a good job in that regard in this one, the Tolvanen goal again, like, you know, I, I think it's okay. Um, but you know, that's just my opinion. Let's, um, it looks like RJ is getting ready to go here. Let me go ahead and bring him in. Uh, RJ, I mean, I, I think the Kraken have done a good job, especially as of late, trying to get things like some greasy goals, going net front, trying to dig things out, shoot in the slot, all that kind of good stuff. What about you? Yeah, I, I think I agree with that assessment. And you look at what the Kraken were able to generate offensively in this game, and I think they should be happy with it. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I think you generated a lot against you know an Oilers team that uh, you know they, they can match every bit of that and more, as we saw. But you look at what the Kraken did offensively. I, I think it was good tonight, um, and and especially to bouncing back from you know from some of the goals that you let in that that can be real just kind of killer goals to allow. And it felt like as that game was close, you know, three two and four three, the Kraken put on some really solid pushes to get back into it. They weren't able to kind of get that goal to tie it at any point. But again, always always generating offensively. Yep, and and never given up either, as we've talked about in post games so far. Uh, let me start you off with this question from X Kid Z. <laughs> Disappointing game, but we still got the rest of the season. How are we on the panic button? So I've given my thoughts already, but I want to hear yours. Uh, okay, panic button. I'm 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 looking at it. <laughs> I, I'm I definitely haven't pressed it yet. I'm looking at it. Maybe I've slid the glass kind of halfway off, but I, I'm not. You know, I'm not ready to press it quite yet. You know, this was a, a tough game against a, a tough team. And again, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, the Kraken played just as well as the Oilers tonight. You just had this mix of, let's be honest, bad goaltending on the first goal. Like yep. that's just a really tough one to happen. You had the bad luck of Grubauer leaving with it, with an illness midway through the game. Uh, and then Martin Jones coming in cold and facing a really good shot as his first shot that he faced. Like, I don't blame Jones one bit in that situation. Um, you just had a few of those things kind of coming together and, and ultimately it led to an Oilers win. Um, but I, I do think that, yeah, I'm not ready to panic yet, but you know, you go on the road against the stars. That's a tough opponent. I think that's going to be really telling how you respond after a couple games that didn't go your way against them. Um, but if you, you know, if you start to lose those Nashville games, I'm, I'm ready on the panic button. Yeah. I said, you have to at least go one and one against Nashville. To, to feel yep. any sort of good and, and, and okay about things. Obviously, if I think if you win both those games against Nashville, you're feeling really good. Like that's that's excellent stuff. And even if you lose both of them, you're not out of it. Uh, it would be a big problem, but you're not out of it. My whole thing with this one, RJ, is just this solidifies we're a wild card team, right? I, it, to me now, Pacific Division, that's out of reach. We're not catching the Oilers, especially given how easy the Oilers schedule is the rest of this way. It's just not going to happen. We are we are a wild card team, and so it's just a matter of yeah, you know, you got to pay attention to Nashville. You know, they're playing really well right now. But uh, I'm not. I'm I'm with you. I'm not at like panic levels, but I'm also like you know, this is kind of where we're at, and it's not the best spot to be in, but it's you know, it's better than being out of the picture. I think that is the main takeaway from this one. Yeah, the Pacific spots just again they look almost out of reach. 
the Kraken are a wild card team. And hey, that can that can be fun. You go in as an underdog in the playoffs, um, but you got to make sure you pick up those points to stay there. Because if you you know lose the next three, things can get really bad. But just prevent that from happening, and you'll be all right. Yep. Yep. So a couple of comments here, one from Coop, one from Gilberto, uh, both about about Hayden and, you know, the, the injury looked potentially bad there. The replay showing yeah. the way his leg bent. I'm assuming, you know, nothing more than just lower body injury from post. Yeah, no more updates from that. Haxtell was asked about it, but he's like, look, you, you know, I, I don't have anything. We'll get something yeah. uh, to you in the next day or two. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, I mean, he was playing so well in this game, RJ, before he that He was happened. playing great. I mean, it just the way he was actually controlling the play, too, for that fourth line, he looked like the best player on that line uh, for a while early in the game. He draws a penalty. I mean, the, the positive impacts he's having in this limited ice time has just been incredible. Really shame to see him go down like that. Okay, so this is answering one of those uh, questions for me. Because uh, I had I was trying to figure out if there was like Oilers chance going on in the building. Oh yeah, you could hear that. Yeah, yeah. In the broadcast, like it was it wasn't totally clear, but we talked about like the hat trick thing here. Striatic was at the game. My own Oilers loving eight year old daughter tried to steal my Kraken cap and throw it on the ice. Oilers fans are so obnoxious. That is great, and you know what? Actually, Striatic, I saw that comment because i was looking through post game as we were waiting because we had to wait a little while in the locker room and i i show that some of the other media members they got a kick out of that one yeah uh but it was you know i mean obviously we saw the hats that that made it down to the ice and stuff and then yeah like i said it felt like you could hear it through the broadcast but it sounds like the oilers fans showed up they really did there were a lot of oilers fans in the building today uh that much was clear and there were definitely some dueling let's go Kraken, let's go Oilers chance that kind of got mixed and muddled at first. And then the second time it was like, let's go Kraken, let's go Oilers, right one right after the other. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of back and forth between uh, the fans of either team. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay, if the Kraken had been around back during the bubble playoff series, we where every single game was a road game, they would have swept every series and won the cup guaranteed. Hashtag road warriors. We had somebody else talking about it, RJ. I mean, it is still one of those weird questions with this group. Why can't they win at home? I know it's, it's that same question. And you know what? Um, we got that a little bit from, from Jordan Everly when he was looking for reasons for optimism after this game. And the first one he went to was, well, we're going out on the road now and we, we've historically done well there. So uh, it seems like a, a source of comfort even for some of the players. Yeah. Now, where are you kind of after this game? Because obviously we knew what the, what the Kraken kind of needed to have happen in it with regards to the overall playoff picture, certainly as to what their ability to maybe finish at the third spot in the Pacific Division. But where are you at? Do you look at this game and you, you have you know some positives to take away? Do you look at this and it's really just like, oh, they couldn't get it done? I mean, obviously there's always going to be a little bit of both there, but what's your overall feeling on this one? That's a good question. I, I kind of separated into kind of the small, medium, and big picture type of thing. You know, in the small picture, just looking at this game in a completely isolated way, I, I think there are a lot of positives you can take out of this one. Um, and if you get this kind of effort most nice against most teams, you're going to take care of business where you don't have, you know, maybe that soft first goal from Grubauer, where you don't have your goalie, you know, getting sick in the middle of the game and having to switch it up, little things like that. Um, you know, the, I, but in the larger context of it, and this is kind of the, the mid picture, right, where you have the Kraken kind of ha making some of these same mistakes, uh, you know, with the D zone turnovers and the coverage and everything, you know, that that goal they allowed where Alexiak and Borgen were both in the same corner together. You played such a good period up to that point to kind of, as you mentioned in your tweet, throw that away on one mistake like that. It's, it's a bit of a systemic problem. And so I look at that and there, there's some signs to be discouraged. But the bigger picture, I think we're really starting to find out what exactly this team is, at least in its current form. And that is a wildcard team. Um, it's a team that can take care of business against bad teams most nights. But if you have a lot of skill, it's going to be really hard for the Kraken to overcome that. And so really, it's just about figuring out their own game in time for the playoffs, I think. And we know that the Kraken are capable of, of beating even some of the best teams in the league. They've got that big win against Boston. Um, but you've just got to clean certain things up in the meantime. And, and so that's kind of where I'm left with that. They're going to be a wild card team. They're going to get a, face a team like Dallas or Vegas, and they're going to have a real challenge on their hands, but it's not one that they can't overcome if yeah. they, if everything kind of clicks and goes right. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I promise everybody we did not talk about this beforehand because I was very much in, in line and theme. with. Oh, is that what I you were said. saying? Yeah. <laughs> I took it one step forward, too, and, and was looking ahead to like how you build from this going into next year, because I think this is a good example of a game of, you know, what what works for you, not just this season, but but moving forward and what what it is that you kind of need to focus on come this offseason as you start looking towards year three as you know, okay, this is now our true competitive window starting. Uh, and the, the answer to that is really it's defense. It's, it's having, you know, uh, you, I think your top pair is fine, but you need pairs two and three to be able to play better, to clear the zone, do, do that little stuff. I mean, that's, that's still the thing that seems like kills them most nights is those mistakes in the defensive zone. Uh, yep. And that's what they can improve on. Superfly, I don't think you can fault the guys for their effort and whatnot, but the talent isn't there, and we need to work way too hard for our goals while the Oilers will punish you for your mistakes. Still, we're better than last year, and just making the playoffs would be a great experience for everyone. I'm I'm right there with you, Superfly. Yep. yep. Uh, let's see. Rebecca, did anyone else have a jump scare when the broadcast said, today done extended, long pause, his point streak? <laughs> It, it was they knew what they were doing they knew yeah. what they were doing well, i didn't hyper extend the point streak uh sarah asking if we know if groovy's okay very worried about him yeah I, I again no further update after the game haxel just said non-covid illness but i think that's a really good sign as opposed to lower body injury um because yes. again non-covid illness again just feeling sick in some way uh that that'll probably pass sooner than you know whatever an, an injury would be so I think that is a good sign, that update. But yeah, no no further updates on it. Yeah. Uh, Superfly asking, how would you improve our defense? There's not much in free agency and Chikrin was already traded. Well, you know, it's probably a good one to save more for a deep dive where we have more time. But yeah, I mean, this is partly why I wanted the Chikrin thing to really happen. I think that would have been great. Uh, but there will be there will be pieces on free agency. You know, this is where the analytics department that the Kraken have and that they've invested in and that, you know, trust very well. I mean, look at everything else they've done. Um, this is where it, it can be their time to shine, to kind of find that hidden gem out there, especially because you're not trying to, to grab like, oh, wow, we need somebody who can play 30 minutes a night for us. You're just looking for second, third pairing guys that can take care of things at home for you. That you can you can find that out there in free agency if you know where to look. And I have a feeling this crack in front office knows where to look. And they've done it already. You look at this very specific hole that they had that they wanted to address this past offseason and bringing in Justin Schultz to fill it. And I thought they've done a really good job with that. So I'm confident they can do it. Yep. Ty Lowell. Now all of my comments are null because Dylan and I are on the same page. There we go. <laughs> the way we all want it right this, this collective hive mind we've got going on um <laughs> lindsay i would be okay if we win our separate ways with alexiak he's our highest paid defenseman but does not look like it and has too long left on his contract sorry big rig i mean it's something that i could see them potentially looking at you know this off season yeah it's it's tough i don't know what the market really looks like for him just because of how much term is left on that deal um, it's you're going to have to make a long-term commitment if you're going to be an acquiring team for it there, because uh, that that contract does extend out the longest. So, I, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it would be three more seasons at four point six. Yeah, it's it's movable, I think, it's, but it is. Yeah, but I don't know what that that your return is going to be. What you would want it to be either. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, everybody's saying there's lots of Oilers fans in the building. Everybody who was there, thanks for that. Uh, Havok, I don't see the Oilers making it deep in the playoffs. So many that's awful turnovers that could have hurt them. They have McDavid and Vibes. Sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> last year, yeah, got to the conference final. <laughs> Saw it last year. Although, again, this still looks like a, a flawed team to me, albeit a less flawed team uh, than they were last season. Yeah, uh, Lindsay, remember the 48 hours in January when we were on top of the Pacific? Ah, good memories. Really overhyped my expectations. It's, it's the danger of hockey, but this is also why it's you know it's exciting. Let's go through what what we go through this year. Let's learn these lessons. You know, both the both the team and then us as fans as well on how, how we can behave and everything. And uh, and then it's just going to make next year as as we enter that kind of competitive window. Ron's big plan that he laid out day one for us all. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be so exciting. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scott, I wonder why this was an afternoon game. Too bad they got zero points. Oilers fans travel well, Calgary, Vancouver, etc. cetera. Um, 
I mean, it was just, I don't know. The, the NHL likes punishing the Kraken with afternoon games. I guess so. I mean, although they don't have too many of these. I was happy to see another matinee game, although I got a lot of questions about why was this one in the afternoon. I don't know for sure. Although I will say my my biggest complaint, the biggest negative out of this whole game, I'm, I'm ready to tell what, what it is. Mm-hmm. They didn't open the windows on this yeah. beautiful, gorgeous, sunny day matinee game. Those windows stayed closed the entire time. Shame. Shame Make it make Jane. sense. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, Coop, I get that you're trying to stay positive, Dylan, and I respect it. I really do. But I don't get how you say Gru was playing well. Like one soft goal a game cannot be your standard for playing well. Uh-huh. Uh, I get it. But he wasn't. he hasn't been giving us one soft goal a game. Like this was his first soft goal in a while. You know, I think we can write this one off for, for him because, look, I was saying this before he left the net. I was kind of talking about it with a few people around me in the press bridge. I said, Grubauer just looks a little off today. I don't know what it is, but he just doesn't look fully like himself. That first goal obviously helps as an indicator. But, look, clearly he had some kind of illness going on. He wasn't fully himself. I, I, I don't think you can really judge him on this one. Yeah, and credit to him because, you know, he was he must have been feeling that way all day probably. And and for him to, to try to go out there and, and really make a go of it, I, I do applaud that. And yeah, it was you know, it was the goal, it was the not being able to like catch <laughs> with his with his yeah. glove. Like there was there was definitely some stuff that we hadn't seen from Grubauer uh so far this season. Uh Declan, it was it was good when our forwards could get goals to make up for the defensive goalies being not so good. Uh and you know what? To their credit, I mean they did they did again today. They spent a ton of time. Like that first period, they so outplayed the Oilers, RJ. They just weren't they getting did. rewarded for it. And then you know, you just make make mistakes defensively or goaltending wise, and it's just you find yourself down. Um, but I, I thought that this was actually a really good game from the Kraken forwards. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought they did everything they set out to do, really, in establishing a forecheck, getting possession, getting dangerous shots on net. Mm-hmm. It's just the mistakes and, and bad luck the other way. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, honestly, I don't believe we can make the playoffs. What happened to our first place before the break? Our defense now lets in four goals a game. Goalies are terrible as well. That's from the one is Zach. I mean, it's I, I get it. The team isn't playing well and all that kind of stuff. But it's I mean, these are the same problems that we were just finding ways of getting around earlier in the year. Like, that's really what happened. Like, why we fell was just that, like, some of the luck that we and some of the stuff we got away with couldn't get away with forever. Yeah. And, and when you play better teams, it's harder to get away with that stuff, too, or teams that can finish. That's been the big theme that I've seen. If you look at the Kraken schedule, I mean, they don't have a regulation win against a playoff team in over two months. You know, is that Boston game, that three, nothing Boston win was kind of the last regulation win they've got against a playoff team. So they've been taking care of business against teams they should beat. but when a team can finish against you, you know, it's, it's been curtains for them most of the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, the one is Zach also pointing out our goalies lad six on 23. It was certainly not a great night from a save percentage standpoint. No, no. And, <laughs> and I feel like for, for both goalies, you've got reasons, you know, like a good, actually good excuses where you can write yeah. it off, but still yeah, it, the end result is, is this. Yeah. Uh, and, and right. That was, that was Grubauer's first shot against too. Right. So both of them allowed a goal on their first shot against. Um, I, I don't, I don't remember for sure, but I, you know, definitely it was, I remember now. Yeah. It was yeah. his first shot on him. So ah, that's just tough. It's, it's really bad. It's, it's not good. <laughs> uh, Autocat tough loss. Groovy may have been sick from the get go. Happy for done. Still very much believe in this team. Also don't forget to like the stream. These lives are good for therapy afterwards. Appreciate the, uh, the, the, the kind words there Autocat. And yeah, I mean, Vince Dunn, RJ, I've, I've mentioned it, but we haven't spent a too much time talking about it. That's point streak. I mean, the dude's on fire. He's just, he, it just feels like every game I'm just seeing like another dollar sign get added to his eyes, like a cartoon character as he's just out there pouring on the points. I know in, in a contract year, I mean, who would have thought, but uh, yeah, no, Vince Dunn is on an absolute tear, uh, keeps it going. And early in this one too, I uh, didn't have to worry about that for a while. Just uh, getting the, eventually I think it was assist. Yeah. on that first goal since uh, Schwartz got the tip on it. But I mean, he's just playing out of his mind right now. And just keep that rolling. That's that's going to help down the stretch. It definitely will. And, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly didn't have it on my bingo card that Vince Dunn was going to you know potentially lead this team in points at the end of the season. But it looks like yeah. that's where we're headed. And that was another worry. I, 
I don't want to speculate, but like maybe there's some kind of illness or something going around. I don't know because if you if you remember, Vince Dunn left the ice during warmups. Like he he had to leave for a few yes, minutes, and they took right. line rushes, Adam Larson without a partner, and then he comes back. Like if I, again, I'm not I have no information to back this aside from just the Grubauer illness. But um, you know, if there was something, you know, a little stomach bug or something going around, you know, that would be consistent with it. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. What's interesting is I'm, I was just checking to see if maybe he got less ice time. This is the first game I can remember where he got more ice time than Adam Larson, which is interesting. I've seen that. I've seen that on, on quite a few occasions this season when I've checked personally. Okay. Um, and uh, it's, it's certainly unusual in a, in a game like this where there's so much shorthanded time. And then uh, the, the other thing though, that I'm noticing is both Larson and Dunn, let few, you know fewer minutes than normal everybody a lot closer together all bunched up on this defense uh interesting as far as time on ice wise because normally there's like a pretty obvious like somebody you know two guys are really further below and then those two are, are above everybody this one a lot closer together so that is interesting uh let's see uh habak exhausting to see grew haters come for his throat when he nearly got a shutout last game we played <laughs> uh yeah. let's see i i mean i agree um lindsey chris Drieger is going to come back just in time for the playoffs and help lead our cinderella story team to the stanley cup final with a 0.999 save percentage manifesting lol <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome i mean i would that was one of my first thoughts as grubauer went down the tunnel is okay, who's the call-up if he has to miss time? Mm -hmm. Is it Drieger? Is it Decord? Is Drieger ready? I mean, uh, given that it's a, an illness, I don't think we'll have to worry about that since they got a couple days off, but right. it would have been interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, apologies like, for not... not uh, I wasn't notified of the Super Chat down here. Uh, that last piece we need, Riker Evans, obviously. I mean, Riker Evans, I, I want to get back out there and see him. I want to give him a better shake than the one Coachella game that I saw where he was so spectacular offensively and so lost defensively. <laughs> but I do think that a lot of the stuff that we saw Justin Schultz bring at the beginning of this year, Riker Evans could be bringing that same level of puck movement, power play quarterback. He, he does have that special dynamic game that, you know, obviously he's not at the level of like a Kale McCarr or somebody like that, but where he can skate the puck end to end and make a fantastic play in the offensive zone after starting behind his own net. He just sees the ice so well when he has the puck. Needs to improve his vision maybe a little bit when he doesn't have the puck. Um, but yeah, I am excited to see Riker Evans probably with this Kraken club next year. Yeah, and I think there's a certain element, too, that he could bring to a deep pair where it would almost have more just defined roles, but you don't always see that. Like when you have the Alexiak Morgan pair, okay, who's moving the puck? Who's breaking it out? You know, they're kind of both, you know, defensive type guys who can move the puck a little bit. But if you have Evans paired with a veteran who maybe knows, okay, this kid's going to take some chances. He's going to make some rookie mistakes, but he's going to do some dynamic things. And it's my job to stay back and, uh, you know, and kind of cover for that and have really well-defined roles. I think that could be a good thing. Yeah, basically be the Larson to his Vince Dunn. Exactly. Thing. See, and if we had Chikrin, you could have paired Chikrin with Dunn, and then Larson would be available for Evans. Oh! <laughs> I'll never let it go. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, Furcus Circus with a hat trick. The future is bright. I'm super excited for him, too. Just, just needs to get stronger. That's literally the only thing keeping him out of the NHL right now. It's just the fact that he's, he's about as thin as a toothpick. Um, <laughs> uh, how big a problem is that Alexiak contract in the longer term? Is it going to be possible possible to meaningfully upgrade the D for next year, or are we going to be waiting a for a while? I think you're going to see a, a small upgrade to the D next year. Like we just talked about Riker Evans coming in. Susie's obviously coming off the books. My guess is they'll bring somebody else in through free agency. Um, but, uh, you know, long term, you've got to assume the cap goes up. The cap hit isn't that isn't really that awful on this Alexiak contract. So I don't think long term, if you if he was to stay around through the end of the contract, it, it hurts you that much. No, as long as he's playing in your top four, it's a reasonable contract. You don't maybe want that for a sixth defenseman, but given the spot he's playing right now, it's it's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The six goal uh, light. The six goals on twenty three shots also comes down to how much we suppress the shots from Edmonton. They got some greasy goals. The goalies could have been better. I don't think that was fully on the D. Yeah, I showed the heat map RJ from the first two periods, mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous. I've never seen it at such a clean heat map as the one from the Oilers in this game. Yeah, I mean that's 
I, I looked at it after two periods and it was really impressive. And that's kind of what I was thinking. The, the tone of my second intermission tweet was quite optimistic. And I'm like, they've just kept McDavid and Dreisaitl, especially their star players, to the outside so well and limited those chances from the high danger areas. Um, I, I, just, I thought it was really impressive because you have to do that shift in, shift out, or they will burn you. Yes, exactly. And you know what? It's not the first time this season that they've done that. Like, I, I do have confidence in the Kraken's ability to play against this Oilers team, maybe when the Kraken are a little bit more on their game, uh, you know, in, in, or at least the goaltending. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Stratic, Oilers fan daughter is getting cocky. Last game we went to, she was sad. No one was following her Oilers cheers. Uh, today, CPA in general and our section in particular is crawling with Oilers fans chanting, and I think it's going to her head. <laughs> Uh, that's some good stuff. As somebody who grew up going to like uh, Dodger games as a Giants fan, I, you know, I feel, I feel. <laughs> Kings games is a Sharks fan for me. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, honestly, even if the first round is hard and we lose, the season will have been objectively a huge success and a good stepping stone to next year. This is something you and I were talking about, RJ, was just how massive this is. Like the idea of, you know, Hackstall, if just getting them to the playoffs, does he maybe get some some awards voting or, or something like that? Just because, I mean, they were third worst last year. This is a massive bump up. Yeah, and I know in, in some kind of uh, preliminary polls or whatever that they're taking for, for Jack Adams, he's getting some... Uh, some awards love. I think on the NHL one they put out last month, he was fourth. Um, and yeah. just that kind of turnaround just can't be ignored. And um, if they get into a playoff spot, I, I looked at this last off season where you look at the teams that finished in the bottom three of the standings, how often do they make the playoffs the next year? It's a little under 20% of teams in the cap era that do that. I mean, it's, it's rare to do that. So um, I, I think, you know, you have to get some appreciation there. If they make the playoffs, then, then yeah, it's a success. Right. Hockey bomb came in late. Did we already mention too many men penalty again? No, we didn't. It's it happened again, RJ. This one wasn't even like close or like a slight mistake. I mean, you no, it was obvious it's in this offensive zone completely. Like I just uh, it's just one of those things, though. Again, like you clean that up. How many games change over the course of the season? You know? Yeah. And I mean, they, they didn't get burned on it this time, but boy, could they have, I mean, you know, down by a goal, trying to claw back in it. That was a terrible time to take that penalty. And even so it burns two minutes off the clock as you're trying to claw back into it. And Dave Haxtell was asked about that after the game and he took full responsibility. He said that was a communication error and that all starts with me. So, yeah. uh, you know, and then going on to the players, but still, I mean, he, he took responsibility for it and you'd like to think there'll be uh, some real attempts to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Superfly, looking at this roster, I would be really uh, surprised if Francis doesn't bring in at least one more physical forward that can actually screen a goalie. The best guy we have right now is 5'9", Yanni Gord. Um, I, th they might bring in somebody. Uh, I think you have guys on this roster who can do it. I don't know. I don't know how often they're being told to do it, RJ. Uh, and But I will say Morgan Geeky, the last couple games from him, I've noticed him doing it a little bit more. Yeah, and Jaden Schwartz, when when that yes. is his job on a line, when he's being told to do it, he's certainly capable of doing it. I think in this current configuration, it's not really his job as much uh, on the line with uh, Wenberg and I guess now Tanev. Um, but yeah, they have guys who can do it. I don't think it would be the worst acquisition, though. Again, it's just such a, a tough forward group to crack because even looking at next season, even if the, all those depth guys go, you don't have a whole lot of open forward spots to add. Maybe it's right. more of a deadline type acquisition. Right. And I would encourage people like like go to Money Puck right now and click on this game and, and scroll down to the, the Kraken scoring chances. I mean, there's a ton from right around the net there. They had a ton of expected goals because of it. They're at, you know, they actually for a long time were you know leading on the deserved to win meter in part because of that. And you look at where the goals they scored today were, and all of them were just right around the slot there. So I the Kraken do do a good job of, of getting that done. It might not always look like the, the old school conventional way of doing it, but they are doing it. Yeah, and one thing I really liked from them this game was the fact that, as we had been asking for in previous games, the Kraken threw a lot of pucks into that high danger area, into the crease. Just kind of mm -hmm. throwing pucks in there, see what happens, see if you can get a bounce on it. Didn't always convert on those. The Oilers were really good at finding those pucks and clearing them out of danger. Um, yeah. and, and not in the normal box everyone out way, but just in the find the puck immediately and, and whack it out of their way, uh, which was interesting to see. But like, I, I like the idea to throw a lot of those pucks to high danger areas. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm so in favor of it. And you know what? I mean, you still you still got four today, 
right? Like, like yeah. it's not like, and you had tons of chances on top of that too. Like I'm thinking about like that Everly one where the puck just bounces right over his stick. He had a wide open, like, Oh, there's, there was stuff. There's stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I I'm, I feel good about it. Uh, Patrick hopping in. Well, that sucked. Has Maddie scored since getting hurt? Uh, he has Virini pointing out in the Boston game and, you know, again, Maddie Beneers and that line so effective again today. I know Maddie doesn't always show up on the scoring sheet. He did get an assist today, but like that line and the work that he does, it's phenomenal. Yeah. They were putting in that same work and they, they got some matchups against the McDavid line too. And even turned the time out tight on them a lot. Like there was one where I noticed it was toward the end of the first period and, and the Oilers loaded up McDavid and dry and the crack yeah. were able to get a couple good uh, chances there at the end of the period. Yeah. Uh, well, Randy, talking about with the with that Alexia question we answered a little while back, uh, whether or not you want him to keep getting top four ice time for the next three years. I mean, it's it's probably what will happen given the status of his contract and given the status of you know it's going to take time for the Riker Evanses to break into the lineup, Ty Nelsons, all that stuff in the future, and the fact that yeah, it isn't always easy to just sign a top four defenseman from free agency. Like it's yeah. it's not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, and I think he can certainly be a top four defenseman on a on a good playoff team. Looking at it realistically, like you look at Boston's blue line right now, he's probably not a top four defenseman on a cup winner. But you know the, the Kraken aren't quite there yet. Yeah, exactly. So I I still think you know he'll he'll be in that mix. Um, Stratic, the matinee is really nice if you have kids and live outside of Seattle. Even on a Saturday night, getting home anywhere near bedtime is tricky. Oh, that is def definitely true. Uh, given today was also mascot madness day. They were probably trying to make this one fun for the kids. I agree. And hopefully all the kids had fun. Uh, yeah. And I noticed there were a lot of younger fans here today. A lot of kids, which is great to see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ty, I love this from Ty. For those of you sad about not making a big, about making big moves at the deadline, look at Florida and Calgary. Lol. Sometimes you burn yourself. <laughs> yep. It's true. <laughs> it can throw things off um let's see patrick i also blame the sloshy ice and bouncy puck lol the hooking call during four on four near the end of the game felt a bit weak we talked earlier about the the officiating rj um edzo was definitely talking about it during the broadcast as he as he likes to i thought that this was one where they were going to try to let them play but then it started getting out of hand and they kind of overcorrected towards the end right for a while it just felt like they put their whistles away they weren't going to call anything yeah. that wasn't automatic and then you know they, they call one or two but there was that long stretch where i kind of like they weren't calling a whole lot um and then the, the too many men which you have to call but then yeah. after that they, they started calling more yeah yeah that's that's the, the feeling i got on that one um joey we need another guy from tampa then him and gord can be a duo i i would take just about anybody off that roster RJ. oh yeah i think we're all in agreement on on that uh let's see i know i, I must have skipped some stuff because that was the bottom of chat last last call everybody real quick here um let's see <laughs> let's be honest tendy is the last position you want to play with bubble guts lol get well groovy from ty definitely can't 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 feel good um let's see uh Lindsay at rj of course after we trash the oilers fans for owning evander kane jerseys outside cpa he gets a hat trick yep that that did happen um mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's, that's the way it goes all yeah. right uh but you know this this was a game that there was positives we talked about the positives we understand what the deficiencies of this roster are Pretty much the same things we've been talking about all season. So it gives us a good blueprint for the off season. Uh, and I do, in a way I have like a better peace of mind now knowing like, look, we're a wild card team and that's what we're paying attention to. It's just, okay, let's just finish up, take care of business, stay where we're at now. You don't have to worry about maybe these big games, you know, and, and trying to figure out, are we going for, for something bigger or not? Nope. You're just a wild card team. And uh, now it just becomes, you know, you got to take care of business, especially against Nashville. Yes, definitely take care of business against Nashville. And you're just, again, tweak the little things in your game, get ready to go in as an underdog and, and try and surprise some people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who should we get from Tampa, Joey asking? Literally anybody. <laughs> I would take just about anybody off that roster. Yep. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know that they'd be willing to give, give them up. So, um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to Queen Anne Beer Hall for sponsoring post game, like always. And uh, yeah, deep dive on on Monday. We'll we'll talk about this and kind of where the Kraken are at and everything. And and um, yeah, it'll be good. And then uh, for patrons, 
Monday night prospect live chat. Tuesday night live game commentary for that game in Dallas. Should have a lot of fun for that one as well. So just want to throw those out there. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll just see you all next time, everybody. Thanks for joining us.